Chav Zayin Amit Beis, picking up two lines from the bottom. Before we do that, there was a question in the middle of the Amud that Ula had asked, Where do we know that there's this concept of Gilgul Shvua? Of once a person has the Chiv to take uh, one type of Shvua, uh, other Shvuas can be thrown on top of him to take as well. In other words, other shuas that he might not otherwise have had to take can also be forced. So we had brought a mucker for that from Sota, Amen, Amen. That now, the Gemara says, two lines from the bottom, Ashkachan Sota de Isura. So we have now a precedent for Gilgul in the realm of Sota, which is Isurin. In other words, is the woman forbidden or permissible? It's not a monetary issue, it's an Isurin issue. Kama, Mamayna Minolan, where would we know? that Gilgul Shul works in the realm of Mamon. And, and interestingly enough, back on Gimel, Amud Beis, when we were at a totally different Sukkiah, we had said uh, five lines from the bottom, and if you want to try to say, learn from it, well, you can't learn what you know by Isurin from what you, to what you know by, to what you're looking to find out by Mamonis. In other words, just because you know something works in the realm of Isurin doesn't mean it'll work in the realm of Mamonis, in which case, Mamonis Menelan. Well, Tana Debe Rabi the following Three lines in Aik source. It starts here and it goes till the end of the second line on Chav Chasam Kalva Chaimer. What's the Kalva Chaimer? Uma Saita Shaloi Nitzna Lehitava Be'ed Echad. Migalgulin. When you have a case of Saita, the Shvua that she has to take, one witness is not enough to cause it to have to be taken. You have to have two witnesses that saw her go into. Stira, we learn in Gezerah Shava, Davar Davar from Maman, just like Maman you need two witnesses, so too here you need two witnesses. So basically it won't work if there's only one witness, yet we know that we are Megalgalin in the realm of Sota, Kama, then Maman, when you're talking about the realm of Maman, Shanitan Lehitava Be'ed Echad. You can have someone have to take a Shua just because of one witness. In other words, if Bob says to Carl, hey Carl, you owe me a hundred. And Carl says back, I don't owe you anything. And one witness, an Eidachad, comes and testifies that he does owe it. Well, that would be grounds to have a case. Einoidin, not all the more so, Shemagalgalin, that Gilgal shall, should work. That the, the Shvua, the original Shvua, will cause another Shvua to have to be taken because of Gilgal. Okay. Now the Gemara says that works okay in the realm of Mominus when it's a. Vadai claim. The examples that we gave were Vadai. Ashkechan be Vadai, that we will be Megalgel, a Shvua that is based on a Tainer, a claim that one party is making that is a Bari claim, with something that is totally unrelated to take another Shvua. However, Kama Safek Minalan. Let's say the issue is Safek, like uh, I don't know, two partners and they are ending their partnership and one partner doesn't really trust the other so he wants the other to take a shua. How do you know that we can megalgal that also? That That's in the realm of Safi. Well, Tanya, we have a Bryce of the Bryce who goes for about three and a half lines and starts here. Rav Shimon Yochai Oimer, Nem Rashua Bechutz Nem Rashua Bifni. We're going to make a comparison. It mentions the concept of taking a shua Bechutz Whereas Bachutz, like any based in throughout the land of Israel. It also mentions the concept of Namra Shvua. There is a Shvua that sometimes is administered or taken, Bifnim. That would be specifically the case of the Sota woman, where the Shvua that she takes is done in the temple compound. 
colon mash just like the one in by in the in the base mikdash compound taken by the sota woman we make a case of suffolk the whole thing of sota is a suffolk yet we treat it like a vadai so to the shvua that could be taken or might be taken in a court throughout the land Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. So we found in the realm of Isur, and we found in the realm of Maman Vada, and we found in the realm of Maman, even if it's a suffix. In all those cases, Gilgul Shvua will work. Now, how extreme do we go with this concept of Gilgul Shvua? Ad Heichan Gilgul Shvua. How strong is it that if there's one Shvua that's to be taken, some other, like, totally unrelated issue uh, can be uh, enforced to have to take a Shvua on that also? Well, Amar of Yehuda, I underlined the name. He makes an attempt to answer this one. He says, If you have uh, party one that has to take a shvua to party two, well, party two to say, you know what, party one, I need you also to swear, he swear to me that you are not my Eved Kenani. Even that type of shvua will be megalgal to force him to take. So the question is one second. If you claim somebody else is a Eved Kanani, basically like a Gentile slave, uh, forget about swearing or not swearing, we'll actually put a person into cheirim, we'll actually communicate them for making a claim like that. Desanya, the Brisa goes for just under two lines, and it lists off a number of terrible accusations that one person can make against the other, and what the uh, what the Jewish authorities will do. So if you have... Uh, Two people, and one is calling the other one an Evet, and it's found to be not true. Yehei Benidui, he essentially is put in Cherem, because he's really treating another fellow Jew with such disrespect that that's something that we got to put him in Cherem. Kama, if he calls his fellow Jew a Mamzer, he's not saying he's not Jewish, he's just calling him a Mamzer, and it's not true, then Seifeges Harbaim, he'll have to get 40 lashes, that's the Knas. Um, and not Obviously, Malchus Midaraisa, Malchus de Rabbanon, um, are preferable to be put in excommunication. And finally, uh, the third um, claim that somebody could make that somebody else is, he calls them a Russia. Now, that's not nice, but basically, it's not going to get involved too much. But what they will let the person who, who was called the Russia, who really is in Russia, do, Yered Imoi Le Chayev. Uh, even though Basin won't uh, really get involved directly, they will let that other person um, encroach on the business of the name caller uh, in ways that he otherwise would not be normally allowed to. Like, let's say the name caller has a uh, a shop. He sells, uh, I don't know, bakery. So the one who was called the name could actually open up a shop right next door, also a bakery, which would normally be an issue of... Uh, encroaching on somebody else's business, here he's allowed to. Ella, okay, bottom line, we were asking, what's the extent of Gilgul Shvua? Ella, so we squiggle under the Ella, and this is a an approach brought to us by Rava, underline Rava's name, Elama Rava. <clears throat> Here's an example of what you could be Megal as a Shvua. Um, so you have one party who's able to get a shvua from the other party, and he can also make him swear, he shavali swore to me, shalonim karta li be'eved ivri, that you were never sold to me as an evid ivri. Okay. So the Gomorrah says, one second, that type of issue, whether was somebody who was sold as an evid ivri, wasn't, hi, ta'anasa ma'aliasa he. 
That, that's like a claim that even without Gilgul Shvua, uh, you could have the person have to swear, comma, connector, Mamoina is the Gabe, essentially saying somebody is their Evid Ivri, is saying that they owe them money, either they owe them money uh, to buy out the rest of their uh, servitude, or they stole the money from them, or they just don't have the money to pay back. Well, says the Gemara, Rava Litame. This is actually, though, Rava going according to reasoning we have heard him say elsewhere, Dama Rava, Evid Ivri, Gufai Kanui. So it's not really the claim when he says you're my, when A is claiming that B is his slave, it's not really a claim that is metalthlin, it's more a level of Isurin, because he actually owns, so to speak, the goof of that Evan. Well, Ihachi, if that's the case then, Hainu, Karka. That's essentially the same category as Karka, because Eved is Hukash le Karka, and we already saw in the Mishnah that it will be Megalgel, a uh, something that you would normally not have to swear on because of something that you do swear on. Well, says the Gemara, explaining that actually you might have thought there's a little bit of a difference between Karka and uh, Eved. Maudetem, you might have thought to say, Karka, when it comes to land, who avdi inshi? There's times where you don't want to publicize all the land transactions that you have. You, you want to make sure that they're valid, but you don't want to have like the whole world know about them. So you might have thought to say, Karka, who avdi inshi de mizavni bitsina? That's the type of transaction that at times people will do it quietly. And therefore, im isa de zavin lesle kala. And maybe like if it was transacted or bought or sold, that there might not be a kail regarding it. However, high, when you're dealing with whether somebody is an actually an avid, im isa de zavin, if, if there really was a sale, kala isle, like for sure everyone would know about it, and yet we're not hearing anything about it, kamash malan, we don't say that. Says the Mishnah, this Mishnah is uh, filled with pronouns and also filled with lack of clarity of what in the world we're talking about. So the Mishnah says as follows. Let's read the first line. Okay, um, translation. You have two people, you have Bob and Carl, and they're going to make some sort of uh, deal here. Anything that is uh, made as value with something else. Now, what type of thing has value uh, assigned to it? And you can use it to purchase something else. Well, probably like, I don't know, a coin. Matzbeya. Uh, and what do we say regarding that coin? In other words, where the coin is given. Normally, when you give somebody a coin, you're paying them with the money. There is, though, something else that can be done with a coin. You could give the coin, not so to speak as a coin to pay, but as a kli with which to enact a kinyin chalipin. Um, similar to a kinyin chalipin, where you, know, you lift up the handkerchief and you make the kinyin that way. And uh, that is... Uh, Apparently what the Mishnah is saying, that anything, money in this case, which is being used as a king of Chalipin, once uh, the makna has taken, let's say you're going to use, I don't know, there's a $20 is uh, what's going to be going from one party to the other. Uh, one of those dollars 
is used now to make the Kenyan Chalipin, that would clench the deal, and the Kona, the one who's buying the item, apparently would then have full responsibility for that item even before he did a Mashiach on it. Ketzad, so how so, the Mishnah now continues and says, Hichlef Shor Bepara, let's say, a is trading his shore to Mr. B for his para. Or A is trading his chamor to uh, Mr. B for his shore. Once one of the two parties has got what they need, the other party is to pay up. Now, it's a little bit of a challenging reading because uh, we had said that the first line and a half of the Mishnah is talking about money being used as chalipin, and the examples given are an, an ox for a cow, or a donkey for an ox, those are nothing to do with money there at all. So uh, the Gemara is going to uh, clarify this issue, actually, right now. Okay, so we had uh, said in the Mishnah that there was a type of chalipin uh, going on over here. Uh, chalipin? My nihu. Uh, what exactly is a chalipin? How is the chalipin being done? Well, with a matbea. The phrase at the beginning of the Mishnah called What is it that is usually given a value to uh, assign to it so that it can be used for other things? That's usually a coin, a matbea. Well, uh, apparently then a Mishnah is saying that chalipin is being done using should we conclude from here, which is not like what we have said elsewhere, but should we now conclude from here that a matzbeah, that a coin is able to be used as the cleave for a Kenyan chalipin? No. You have to understand the Mishnah a little bit differently. That opening phrase of the Mishnah, that kol is not, we're talking about using a coin and trying to transact as the coin is the chalipin, rather, hachikamar, kol hanishum damim ba'acher. Anything that has to be, like, evaluated or professionally assessed to give it a value with something else. In other words, anything, basically, any item, that when you want to give money for it, you have to figure out how much it is worth, basically, anything other than money. Money is worth what it's worth. One dollar is worth one dollar, but any item, not necessarily. So, kol hanishum damim ba'acher, keivan bechalifin. If it's being done as a chalipin type of transaction, then the chalipin will work. So, if I'm going to uh, give something to somebody else as the Chalipin Kenyan, the deal is clenched, and the other item, even though it might not be in my possession, is now fully uh, my responsibility. Dekanami, precise reading of the Mishnah, will bring out the point that we're not talking about a coin here. Dekatani, as the Mishnah in its examples said, uh, here's a quote from the Mishnah till the end of the line, Ketzad, well, Hichlif, Shor, Bepara, Ochamor, Shor. The examples given had nothing to do with the coin. It had to do with uh, uh, two people, one's trading their ox for the other one's cow, or donkey for an ox, shmamina, that we're not talking about a coin. Okay, from here really till the um, Mishnah, the bottom of the Almud, is going to be Hava Amina analysis. We've concluded that we're not talking about using a coin as chalipin. 
But that was the Havamina. So now the Gemara has, Ulamai de Salaka Daitin Mi'ikara, that which originally went up in our mind. Now, that's that which we originally thought, that we're talking about a Matbeya, and a Matbeya can Nase Chalipin, then the Mishnah is very hard to understand, because the Mishnah, in the second phrase, says, and how so, and then gives an example that has nothing to do with a coin. My, how would we understand then, one word in right angles, when the Mishnah said, Ketzad. In other words, again, within the Havamina that we're talking about using a coin as Chalipin, then how do we understand the case of the Mishnah? That Ketzad usually explains the opening case. It's not explaining that case at all. Well, Hachikamar, put a diamond around the Hachikamar, and five lines later, first word on line is my, fourth word is, or fourth term is Hachikamar, put a diamond around that. The Gemara is going to have a few attempts to understand within the Havamina how we understood the Mishnah. So, Hachikamar. And I squiggle underline these four words. Peiroiz nami avdi chalipin. Oh, so the opening line and a half of the Mishnah is talking about a coin being used as chalipin. And then the Mishnah going on to another discussion as to what can be used as chalipin. Anything, um, even if it's not a kli, can be used as chalipin. Now, the term that the Gemara uses is a pre, meaning like as opposed to a kli. But it basically means any metalthalin can be used as chalipin. And then you read on Ketzad, how so? And now we're going to read a little bit into the Mishnah. Not you're trading a shore for a par, but rather hichlif basar shore, the meat of a, probably a shechted uh, ox for a cow. Or basar, I dot online the word basar chamor beshor. You need uh, some dog food, so uh, trading the, uh, the meat of the donkey uh, for an ox. Uh, that's the case. Once party A has taken either the Basra Shore or the Basra Chamor, then party B has formally given over to A what they had to give them. Well, we know that there's a machlokas between Rav Sheshes and Rav Nachman, whether Chalipin can be done only with like a Kli, like the, the Pasuk yeah, mentions a shoe specifically, or it can be done with any movable item. So Hanicha, this explanation works great. I squiggle on the Hanicha and circle to Rav Sheshes. Hanicha, Rav Sheshes, Amar, Peirais, Avdi, Chalipin. Because the way we're explaining this is that uh, the Mishnah meant that Peirais can also do Chalipin. Okay, well, Ella, I squiggle on the Ella and circle to Rav Nachman. However, according to Rav Nachman, who says that in general, oh no, Peirais, lay Avdi, Chalipin, then how exactly is he going to understand what the Mishnah is talking about? In other words, the way we explain the Mishnah, we had Peros doing Chalipin. But Rav Nachman says Peros can't do Chalipin. So how is he going to understand the Mishnah? Well, Hachikamar. We had a diamond on Hachikamar. This is the second attempt. This would be the way Rav Nachman would have understood. Again, in the Hava Amina, the Mishnah. Nice squiggle underline these four words. Yesh Damim Shehein Ke Chalipin. Interesting. You actually have... The Mishnah, and the way you should understand it, is really one case. The opening case in the Havamina is talking about a coin, and then you have sometimes even something that is money, which also can be kind of like Chalipin. Very interesting. How do you have money that's being paid, so to speak, but it's Chalipin-like? Ketzad? How so? So, imagine if there's me and Bob, and I sold my ox to Bob for a hundred, and Bob did a mashicha on that ox. Didn't yet pay the money. He owes me the money. He owes me that hundred. Okay, Bob owes me that hundred. Says to the one who sold it to him, 
you know, you have a cow uh, to give as the value, do you? And the answer's back, yeah. Then they assess the cow and whatever it's worth, it could be worth 25, it could be worth 100, but let's say it's worth 100. Then the seller says, well, you know what? That money that you previously owed me from the other deal is going to be given to you, so to speak, as the value for this other item. That money, the money that was previously owed, is going to be able to be coined even without a mashiach of the para, just like chalipin of kalim. Hichlif. Let's see that inside in the Gemara. How so? So hichlif. Demei shor beparai. Dot underline the word demei. Not hichlif a shor for a para, which is what the words of the Mishnah themselves said. We have to understand it as the value of a shor, which had previously been transacted for a para. Or demei. I dot underline the word demei. The value of a chamor for a shor. In other words, the value of the chamor that had previously been transacted for a shor. Now, why is it that that will work? My taima. Well, Savar Law, because the author of the Mishnah is of the opinion, like Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan's name, Da'amar, the Rabbi Yochanan way of understanding this is as follows. On a Torah level, Davar Torah, on a Daraisa, purely Daraisa level, Ma'ois Kainois, money, payment of money is good enough to clench the deal. Why the rabbis then come along and say no? Matam amru that only Mashiach kaina only when the person who uh, might have paid the money might not have paid the money only but uh, only him actually physically uh, moving the paris will be kaina them. Well, here's the reason why. And overall, the concern is that let's say I paid ten thousand dollars for wheat which somebody is storing in their attic. Um, I might come back a week later to get the wheat. And Midarais, I've been kind of, and he'll say, oh, it's terrible news. Uh, there was a fire and it, it all burned. The concern is that the one who had sold that wheat will not make much of an effort to save the wheat because why should he? He's got the money and the wheat doesn't belong to him anymore. And the concern then is that he might say to him, your, your wheat burns in my attic. Okay, now, that we're saying on a Torah level, but the Rabbanan came along and said only Mashiach. Now, when the Rabbanan come along and make a Rabbanan, Milsa de Shriach Gazruba Rabbanan, that which is common, this is always the way the Rabbanans work, which is basically when money is paid for any item, that's where they made the Gazer. However, Milsa de Lo Shriach, our case, where it's, it's not money, it's kind of like money that's owed from a previous transaction that's now being used for the new transaction. That unusual circumstance was not covered in the Gzerah de Rabbanan. Okay, the Gemara has one last uh, issue to deal with. Ule Reish Lakish, I know in Reish Lakish's name. Da'amar, he says that no, Mashiach mifreshes minatayra. It's not that really money's kona and the rabbis came along and said you need a Mashiach. Mashiach is mifurish in the psukim. Um, says, O kanoi miyad amisecha. And therefore there'd be no distinction between whether it's Shriach or not Shriach. Ha nicha. So the Reish Lakish says, "Mishich mifresh min Torah." All is going to be well. I squiggle and the ha nicha isavur law. If he holds like Rosh Hashanah, who we had circled up above about ten lines ago, who says peros can do chalipin, then mitaritz he'll answer that we're talking about like Rosh Hashanah that it's peros doing chalipin. Ella, I squiggle and run the Ella. If you want to say that Reish Lakish holds isavur law kerav nachman, who we also saw about ten lines ago, who says peros loyavdi chalipin, and also matbeah. Loikani, that on a Torah level, Rabbi is not kaina. It's only Mashiach. 
Then how will Reshakas understand this mission according to Rav Nachman? Answers the Gemara. Well, actually, he can't explain the according to Rav Yochanan. We'll have to say that he's going within the opinion that was later espoused by Roshashas al Korchach. Roshashas fearly, it must be that Reshakas holds like Roshashas. The mission continues and says, when you're comparing a deal made between hektish and a regular person versus a regular person and a regular person. Rishus ha-gevaya bekesef, rishus ha-hedyait bechazaka. Basically, rishus ha-gevaya is kesef that money, when money is transacted between um, the the gizbar or hektish um, and someone else, that money clenches the deal. Rishus ha-hedyot, you actually have to make a chazaka, like a, a mashicha. Amirasa le gavaya kemisirasai le hedyot. Another comparison between if I'm dealing with another person or I'm dealing with like the base Hamikdash, just saying something in reference to Kavoa is like actually giving something over when uh, the issue would be between a regular person and a regular person. Tanraban and the Gemara brings a brisa, goes till Chavtesamadalf on the first line. And it basically gives us an example of each one of the cases in the Mishnah. Underlined here, Kate said Rishuska Voya Bekesa question mark. Um, how do we see that the Rishuska Voa is with money? Well Imagine this, Gizbar, Shinasan, Moos, Bebehema. Normally, money being paid doesn't really clench the deal. However, if the one who paid the money is the Gizbar on behalf of the temple treasury, who's giving money for an animal, like for uh, Korban Sibor, then just the giving of the money, even if that animal is somewhere on the other side of the world, Kana, the money will cause the acquisition to uh, be clenched, that deal. However, when you're dealing with regular person versus regular person, in general, if money's paid, that's nice, but that's not what clenches the deal. There has to actually be a mashicha on the item. Comma. I underlined this next line. Which was the second line of the Mishnah. Uh, how do we see that? Well, if a person declares, he's got an ox. He wants to bring that ox as a carbon. He just verbally declares, doesn't do anything other than makes this declaration, or his house he wants to give to the uh, the temple, or bias a hektish. Even if that shore, that bias is somewhere totally different, Kana hektish has acquired that. Normally you just say something, it's not a good, but when you're dealing with hektish, it works that way. Behedyite, however, if you're dealing with Bob and Carl, both of whom are regular characters, like Kana, Odd until, let's say, if it's the shore, you have to do a mashich on the shore, or yachzik, you'd have to do like a chazak on the house. You have to actually do something like physically, not just a declaration. That's the end of the Tanaic source. The Gemara now, till the Mishnah brings four cases uh, comparing uh, how things are usually transacted between hedjot versus hedjot, uh, as opposed to when it's uh, hedjot and hektish. So uh, case one, we'll number them, one, two, three, four. Case number one. Let's say a regular person goes to Hektish, does a Meshicha of uh, whatever it is, the item, and the understanding is it would be uh, for 100. However, he doesn't have a chance to like go to the bank and get the cash and give it to the ATM. He's not able to um, basically give the money to the temple. For whatever reason, the item like doubled in what it's worth right now. Um, how much does he have to pay? The hundred? That is what he would have to pay if he had the cash to pay at the time he did the Mashicha, or the greater figure of two hundred? No, he said Masayim. He still has to pay the greater 
200. Because basically, when the thing went up in value, it was still in the Rishus of Hektish, and, and therefore Hektish is entitled to whatever it's worth now, which is much more. You know, why was it in the Rishus of Hektish? Because the guy didn't give the money. My time, because the Pasuk says very clearly, you give the money, and then it's yours. Well, he hadn't given the money yet, so it wasn't yet his. It was still Hektish's. He owes 200. Comma. Case number two. Mashchai b'masayim. Let's say the same type of thing, but the opposite. He took the item, and the time he took it, it was worth 200. He wasn't able to come up and pay the cash. Odd, the thing fell in value 50%. Odd, Now it was only 100. How much does he have to pay? Well, he still has to pay 200. My time, what's the reason? Because if he were able to pay less than the 200, even though he did Mashiach on the item, that would essentially be making the koach of a regular Tom, Dick, or Harry, lo yehei koach hadyot, chamor mei hektish. Because let's say he would have done a Mashiach from some hadyot, he'd have to pay the whole amount. And now you're going to tell me for hektish, you'd only have to pay half the amount? That can't be, he has to pay the whole amount. Kama. Uh, third case, underline this word, pedao b'masayim, v'lehispik l'moishchei ad she'amad be mana. Let's say Pido, he paid the money. He paid 200. However, he didn't have a chance to take the item until it was actually worth a lot less. Um, so does he get like a 100 refunded him? Nope. No, he's in my sign. The 200 he gave is a 200 that stays. Basically, doesn't get refunded anything. My timer. Why is that? Well, fall back on the positive. Hasuk says, hakesef Money is given and the deal is done. And he gave the money, so the deal is done. And finally, the fourth case. Pedao bemana, he gave what is worth at the time, cash money, 100. However, he was not able to uh, like take the item for himself until there was some uh, major increase uh, and it was now worth 200. Now, he had only paid 100 to Hektish and when he took it, it was worth 200. Well, you know what? What he paid is paid and it actually works. He doesn't have to pay the higher amount. The ain noisin elamana. The only amount he'll have to pay is what he paid already, which is one hundred. Now that's interesting. All the other cases, we were very machmer on the guy. We were, you know, we 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 favored the hektish. What's going on over here? So the gemara asks, "Am I? Why is that over here that we just said this?" Hachanami. Why don't we say as well? Neima lo yehi koyach hedyot chamer hektish. That the koyach of the hedyot shouldn't be more than hektish, and we should make the guy have to pay an extra hundred. Answers the Gemara, no, because even in the realm of a hedyot, atu hedyot, lava misha parakai. When you have a Bob dealing with Carl, two hedyotos, then um, if one of them says they're going to do something and then they back out, that's a big no no. Such a big no no that they get a special curse that the, the one who has been Pirea from all of the wicked people in history will be Pirea from him. And, and therefore, since there's a misha para, there's not really a chance that he'll have to pay the extra hundred, so too in the realm of Hectish. Adkan.